Hello, welcome to Game Changer. Monday through Friday, David Villa and our crew dive into God's Word and talk about how to take principles from the Bible and apply them to our daily lives. Thanks so much for listening, and here's our host. Welcome to Wednesday, Game Changer. What's up? How you doing this morning, Diane? Good morning. Um, it's a good day. It's a good day. I will tell you that the Lord's challenging me on this um, whole giving and generosity. Um, last night I went to Target to get some wrapping paper for the gifts for the uh, the drive, the toy drive we're doing for an organization here locally called the Children's Place. And I'm walking out to take some things out to my car and, and switch. I had my granddaughter, so I was giving her to her daddy. And there was a young lady sitting on the sidewalk right outside the door. And I seen a sign, and I kind of like, I had her, Adeline, and I was like, okay, cool, huh. Kind of dismissed it, walked on, walked on to meet uh, Mikey. And um, as I'm walking back, now I see her sign, and her sign said, lost job, have kids, no food. And I was like, oh, crap, you're going to challenge me, Lord. So interesting enough, um, I love when um, the Lord challenges me and preaches to me. So um, I go to her and I say, hey, do you need groceries, right? Because I can't handle someone not having food, especially with children. Like, do you need groceries? She doesn't speak English. She doesn't speak Spanish because I was like going to do Spanish translate. And um, she doesn't speak Spanish. I was like, okay. So in my mind, I had a number. And I said, food. She's like, so we go in and I get a cart. And as I'm walking in the door, the Lord speaks another number. And I'm like, yeah, but I like my number. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> needless to say. She filled the buggy up. Her buggy was full, full, rounded full. And um, it was like $22 short or something like that of what the number the Lord spoke to me as I walked under the threshold of Target. So um, oddly enough, I was like, Lord, you know. And what was interesting is that if I would have listened to my head, I would have done lesser. But because I went with my heart, and so we talked about generosity starts in the heart, um, I know it was a blessing to her. Like, tons of groceries. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. Prices of groceries are going up, but it was a full buggy. She had a little baby with her, probably two years old. And uh, she did pick up two little outfits, diapers, but the rest was food. And um, I told, I was with Ashton. She was with me. And um, I was like, I feel so anxious. After it was all done, we really had time. We didn't have a lot of time there. So that most of my time at the store was shopping with this lady that we couldn't communicate with very well. And um, I told Ashton, we went back through the store ourselves. I said, I have so much anxiety. Maybe that wasn't the right word. She's like, what do you mean? Why do you think that was the right thing? I was like, no, I think that was the right thing to do, but I have anxiety. I said, well, maybe it's not anxiety. It was just simply this. Sometimes even I take for granted the simplest of things, which is food. Mm -hmm. And I've never thought, I haven't thought in a long, long time about how am I going to eat today? And the Lord challenged me of how really blessed Um, and how good he's been to me and how can I not share that with somebody else so I'm very thankful that even in a a message or a week of talking about generosity that God challenged me that my mind said one number my heart said another and when we went to go pay it was just short of that number inside and so I take that as a sign from the Lord that hey 
keep listening, obeying. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. How many, maybe you have a story, <clears throat> maybe the Lord's already challenging you in an area of generosity. If you're watching live and um, don't be surprised if he does, because I believe he will. And I believe that's how he activates the word within us. And, um, and then today we're going to shift gears. We're going to stay on generosity, but we're going to talk about stewardship and how it's the key part of why generosity is effective. And, um, you know, yesterday, if you were with us, you, we ended the, the session by announcing today's title and talking about, you know, keys open doors, you know, keys give you access, keys ultimately unlock. And so stewardship is, is a key of why generosity is effective. And, um, because if you have a generous heart, but you're not a good steward, you know, what if you, what if you squander what God wanted you to sow? You know, what if you squander your seed, you know? And so stewardship allows you to be in the position to be generous, you know, because here's the thing, God will place the, the generosity, right? That gift or he'll place that, that, that desire, that pull on you. But if you're not a good steward, God's not going to cause you to hurt your family, you know, and, and not pay your bills, right? That's not, that's not, that's not godly stewardship, right? So that you can help other people. And you know, it's what I mean by that. There's, there's acts of faith and things of that nature, but I'm talking generosity as a rule. I want to walk in generosity as a rule. And so let's just land on this. Generosity is a, a phenomenal word. It's a beautiful word, isn't it? It flows from the tongue easy, right? It, you know, when you say generosity, you know, when you say generosity, it goes beyond money. It goes beyond, I mean, it's, it's, um, you know, images, joyful images, you know, things that are extravagant, you know, giving, receiving, just, just a smile comes on your face, right? Stewardship, okay, on the other hand, has a heavier, more serious tone for many people. And it kind of carries one of obligation, maybe, maybe, maybe it, maybe automatically you think of like strict limits on spending when you think of stewardship. So let's go into biblical stewardship a little bit as we're talking about generosity, because remember, it's a key. So God wants you to be generous. So how can you be generous, right? If you don't have excess, if you don't have the ability to be generous. So God wants you to have, God will use you as a conduit. I believe that wholeheartedly and he'll bless others through you. I think that's the whole reason, the whole purpose for time, talent, and treasure. You know, God's didn't desire us to hoard up our talents or our time or our treasure. They're, they're given to us to share, right? So biblical stewardship is, is really a beautiful thing because it's an amazing privilege that God has given to you and I, right? He's given biblical stewardship to us. And so stewardship is a key part of why generosity is effective. And so let's look at this for a second. You know, true, real generosity, right? We know this. It flows out of an understanding that God owns everything. You know, I think that's what Diana was saying really in her own words here. You know, God's pointed it out to me. She said, how blessed I really am. What he's really saying is, I got you. You know, everything I give is, is mine, right? Everything you have, right, God says is, is mine. I mean, I own everything. The Bible says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, right? It, in, his, in his economy, you know, you, you, it's not driven by what's in your bank account or how much your paycheck is going to be or, you know, how much you're going to get on a tax return or how much this bill is or, you know, it's not really based on that. His economy kind of flips man's economy on its ear. So in God's economy, good, good stewardship is, is by nature generous and joyful. 
And if you read the Bible and all through the Bible, you know, he, he challenged people in the area of generosity or he challenged people, which kind of showed up in, in the fruit of generosity, but it was always, it was always through good stewardship. He never did anything. I mean, it was, it was always through, it always made sense. It always made God sense. So good stewardship, right? Is joyful, is generous. It directs, listen to this, it directs his resources, right? Extravagantly towards his purpose. So his resources, his purposes, his resources, his purposes. If you want more resources, can I just tell you, it's okay to have things. It's okay for you to enjoy life. Can I tell you, if you want more resources, you know, this is not a give to give, give to get kind of thing. Okay. But this is pray and ask God to help you become generous. If you're not generous, you know, pray and ask God, God, help me become generous because you know, true generosity flows out of an understanding that God owns everything. It's his economy, right? And good stewardship by nature is, is generous. It's joyful. It directs God's resources in a, an extravagant way towards his purposes. And they always show up in abundance, one way or the other. Your time doesn't seem like it's going to add up. Your treasure doesn't seem like it's going to make it. But with God, he stretches it. It just ends up falling into place, and it's left over. And that's what's awesome about God. So if we want to understand generosity biblically, Diane, I think, you know, and that's something that God's taught us really over the years, just living. I mean, he's just taught us the hard way. We've gone through the bumps, the bruises. If we want to understand generosity biblically, we need to see stewardship, right, through a new lens, right? Less as a reluctant obligation, right? It's not like I got to get on a budget. You know, I got to, oh man, I got to save X amount of dollars. I got to do this. It's not, it's, it's not a reluctant obligation. It's more of an exciting opportunity. And we have to view it that way because if we use money as a tool, let's just take money for a second. If we take, because that's what, that's right, that's a lot of us focus on. If we use money as a tool and hold it loosely, then I believe that God will cause more to flow into your hands because it's a tool that you hold loosely. It doesn't use you, you use it. Amen? Amen. What say you? Anything to comment on that? Um, I think that's a lesson that we had to learn and thank God he put people in our life that were generous through very hard times for us. And the thing of it is, is when you become generous, you be more, you know, we talked about this yesterday. I think generosity starts with a heart check and a and being strategic. So I think when, you know, we started, the Lord really started to deal with us on that. I think it had, he had to change our heart and our thinking about it. And you had to be more intentional about, you know, it wasn't about what you didn't spend your money on, right? It was really about what what were you going to sow your seed into? So I think when you begin to look at its perspective, always comes down to perspective. And I think really where you, where you just mentioned um, generosity, we have to make sure that we don't view generosity as an obligation. It, it's, they don't, they're not simultaneous. They're not, they're not sisters. They're not, they're not twins. They're actually, I think, opposite. Obligation is an opposite of generosity. So I, I think when we're able to um, get ourselves to a place where we are obedient to uh, biblical truths about giving and being generous. I think that's a first start because that's what changes our heart, right? It's the Word of God that changes our heart or guides our heart, right? Mm-hmm. So I think when we get to that point first, and then from there, I think realizing that when we are you know, instructed or we feel led that we need to give or be generous with our time, that we relinquish it without conditions or expecting anything in return. Mm. And I think it's when we were able to release that without um, the, the obligating the receiver of our time or our 
resources, our money, our smile, if we are able to release that without obligating the receiver of that to anything, I think that's when God's really able to move. So how many people have in church world that we've obligated, we've, we've given our time, and then we obligate because we've given our time in ministry or at the church, we feel obligated that, mm-hmm. you know, well, this pastor better take my call. Mm. So we obligate the other side to something that we were never, because generosity is no obligation. It's given freely no without, ex, yeah, without expectation. That's right. So I think viewing it, and again, that's a heart thing. Um, and I think there's seasons where like, hey, I'm going to do this. And so I'm not saying that that motive isn't always, is always wrong. But I think when you're really moving in, being generous with your, your time, talent, and resources, I think you get your, yourself to a place that I'm going to release these things without obligating the receivers of that yeah. to me. <clears throat> yeah. And, and they still are. They will. That doesn't mean they won't they won't <clears throat> reciprocate, but you're not obligating them to be recipro- to reciprocate. Your light's on. My OCD is pinging off the hook because her little flashlight was on the whole time. Yeah, you know, and Diana hit it on the head there. But the one, one part I do want to, before I go into um, just another point here, um, you know, th- there's there's not conditions on generosity. You've got it all wrong. You know, listen, you can't, when I said earlier, ask God to give you a heart of generosity. You know, a pastor said something um, within the last month. He preached on uh, he preached on um, generosity. I think it was actually the title was generosity. It was when he preached for the latter. I think I think generally it was generosity because it was centered around more than just giving. But um, he he said something, and I'm going to probably massacre the, the the quote and get it wrong. But the gist of it is that when you have a gift of um, generosity, usually you it, it it's accompanied by a gift of earning. It's a, a gift of making money. And, what and that doesn't mean as much money as this person makes or that person makes, or that doesn't mean everyone that works for me is going to you know, look at me and go, okay, well, I'm not making what Dave's making or whatever, or I'm not making what Mike's making, or I'm not making what, you know, that's, that's not what I mean. It's when you get the gift of generosity, when you have it, I think it's accompanied a lot of times by the ability to, to earn. And, and it makes sense because if you look at it, it makes sense because, you know, to be generous, you have to you have to have you have to have resources or have access to them. So well, I look at the story of Joseph, and the story of Joseph is one of immense generosity. I mean, and I was reading this the other day, and one of my plans I was I was reading over one of a, a Bible plan, and just looking at the study of Joseph, and then we were we were talking about generosity. One of the things about Joseph is everywhere he went, he was promoted. He had the gift of generosity and he had the gift of earning and he had favor of God on his life. And so when he went to, you know, was sold into to slavery, went to Potiphar's house, you know, he, he immediately was put in charge, you know, of, of his whole house. You know, when he went to prison, he was immediately put in charge of all the prisoners. And they had, you know, then when he went to Pharaoh, he was put in charge. So, you know, it's one thing to believe, you know, let me say this, that everything we have belongs to God. Okay. So like, I think that, you know, if I ask that question to a believer, you go, yeah, sure. We get that. But, but it's one thing to believe it. It's another thing to let the truth sink down into our hearts where we feel it and grasp it. Because there's a difference in believing it and really living it. And by the way, that word belief is the same word belief translated out of John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him. It doesn't just mean I believe in God. I believe there is a God. That's not what he's talking about. That's not what it requires. It's required to be saved. Like, oh yeah, I believe in God. 
it means it, the word is believe and continually believe. It's like I'm, I'm in relationship with him. I believe everything he said. You know, I'm, I'm not believe in his whole, in his word. I believe that he's the son of God. I believe that he came and died and rose again. I believe all of that. And I believe that I have to go to heaven, go through him to go to heaven and, and all of this. So it's one thing to believe everything belongs to God. Do you believe God owns everything? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's another thing to let the truth sink into our hearts where we feel it and then grasp it. And when it does, our lives are transformed. So we shift. Here's what happens. We shift from simply having like a like a theoretical knowledge, right? Just okay, this it's like in theory to being practical geniuses. And I'm going to I know that sounds weird, but like in other words, if you get this, you're you're a god genius. It's like you are tapped into and what I mean by that is you're tapped into something supernatural. And we, that's not mystical. That's not weird. That's not, it's, listen, the word of God is alive and it's powerful and there are benefits. As long as you, listen, as long as it lines up with his purpose, it's not like I want a Lamborghini. Boop. It's not a genie. It's, it's tied in with the purposes of God. And when your generosity is tied in with the purposes of God, you become, you walk in a, a sense of, you walk in a favor like Joseph. Look, you can say whatever you want, but Joseph was a practical genius in the things of God. He didn't do it to serve his own purpose. If he did or would have, instantly, I believe it would have been cut off and instantly it wouldn't have worked. But when he operated in interpreting dreams, by the way, he was promoted everywhere he went, supernaturally, in, in full of favor. So we move from, from duty to delight, from rules we keep to an adventure we share, right? It's not like, oh, what rules do I have to obey? But it's like, what adventure do I get to partake in, right? We wake up in the morning wondering, you know, what we're going to be able to do with God's time, how we're going to be able to spend, you know, his money. Where am I going to invest my talents, my my time, right? What am I going to get to do today? You know, who am I going to get to impact today, you know? And if we look at our, our divisions that way, if we run our teams that way, you know, if we, if we look at our finances that way, if we pay our bills that way, if we, if we uh, impact our families that way, Right. If we use our talents that way, think about that for a second. We think about, you know, how we're going to be able to relate to the to this to the spouse that right that God's blessed me with. <laughs> and she said, Amen. Right? Amen. Because God's blessed her with me. <laughs> and the kids that he's entrusted us to, the granddaughter, so far one, son and my other daughter. Get on it. Let's go. One is all we have right now. And we were grateful for one, but we want two and three and four and five and six, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten. He entrusted us, right, with these friends, these employees, right, these coworkers, these people these place in our life. And here's a principle, and I'll shut up for a second. The principle is this. All that we have, everything. What's all mean? All. All that we have belongs to God, and he has temporarily entrusted it to us to oversee or steward according to his wishes. We are managers or stewards over God's household business. Come on. That's how you got to view it. And when you do, it takes the pressure off of you to make it. That's kind of scary when you think of that. Like, yikes, what am I going to do with it? Mm. So I think if you if you do view things that way, it'll make you think about what you do with those things. Because when you know that it's, it's, it's entrusted to you and you're going to give account for it, I mm. think it makes you, you know, be more wise with it. Um, you know what's interesting to me is like, and generosity doesn't come with someone because they have a lot. One thing that's always been crazy to me mm. is we have different departments here, but um, the people that are trading dollars for hours, right? Mm. 
they are always, I mean, statistically, at least from what I can see, things that we've, when we've given to causes, statistically here in our businesses, the people that make the lower end income in our business, because there's different levels, sales and, and different things, they're always the most giving. I'm not exaggerating. They have less and they give more. And I think that they were there. And I think that has to do with also is when you have gone through. She's put our sales team on blast, (laughs) I guess. What's up, guys? I just meant. (laughs) I I mean. I meant it from the standpoint is that you're not generous because you have more. mm. You're generous because you have a heart that is open to seeing needs, whatever they are, financially, time, talent, whatever, you're generous because you recognize that there's a need and you try to meet it at the level mm-hmm. of where you're at. And it, it's always, it's always like been like, I guess, challenging to me to see people that trade dollars for hours and then be the most giving and the more, most joyful about it. You don't have to keep reminding them about it before you know it. It's like, oh, it's there. Um, and that's always en- it, it, it's encouraging to me. But I think that's partly for me. I, one thing I do try and live is I always try not to forget to where from where I've come from. And I feel like I've said that a lot in different arenas. Like I try and remember where I came from because I think if I'm able to remember where I come from, um, and, and I had a good life. I had great parents, hard workers. Um, my, my mother still works. My dad passed away um, in 2020, but he worked pretty much up until, you know, he couldn't any longer. He was in, you know, in his 70s. Um, he, he remained working. And um, so I, I've come from a, a working class family, but I had good parents. But at the same time, I try not to forget where I came from because God's been so good and faithful. But I think it's because at some point there was this light switch in our lives that I didn't want to hoard up what God had given me that I realized that there was more power in releasing it without obligation. And because I was able to get myself to a place where I was able to release it, Lord, the Lord was willing to get it through me. Yeah. Yeah. Time, talent, resources. Yeah. And as we, you know, as we wrap today up here in a couple minutes, you know, again, going back to the Old Testament story of Joseph, you know, Potiphar, you know, made Joseph the steward, the steward of all his household responsibilities. Think about this. This is one that he, he purchased this man. And this is a slave. And he made him a steward because of favor and, and generosity on Joseph's life over all of his household responsibilities. He put Joseph in charge and gave him basically power of attorney. Joseph ran the home. He kept good accounts and he reported right to, to his boss, to Potiphar. And the, the point I want to emphasize, you know, as we kind of wind today's stewardship part of this down with this principle is not necessarily the fact that God owns everything and we're his stewards. I think the deeper issue is, is trust. It's a relational issue. It requires that a steward be found trustworthy. God has entrusted to us everything we have for a reason. And we can't lose sight of that reason, or we can't afford to not discover that reason. Amen. And, and so we can partner with him to accomplish his purposes, and so we can demonstrate where our true priorities lie. And, you know, a couple of scriptures to give you, you know, that I think that, that really will tie this, this stewardship, you know, lesson part of generosity today in. Psalms 24.1 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all his people belong to him. And then 1 Corinthians 4.2 says, Now a person who is put in charge as a manager must be faithful. And there's responsibility that comes along with it. And But here's the thing. 
There's also a reward. There's also a reward. If God has placed that gifting upon you and in, in on you and in you, you know, understand that he's entrusting you with something special. And if you desire that, if you feel like that, so I'm going to tell you, that's, that's a way that God will get behind, you know, pr- a pr- a promoting you. If you get a heart, God, I want to be a better steward. I want to, I want to help pour into people. I want to help, you know, touch people. I want to be a conduit. And that's really your desire, you know, and you start viewing the resources that God's placed in your hand as tools. Hold them loosely, you know, hold them loosely. You don't want to be frivolous with it. You want to use discernment, but don't, but don't, but, but be aware you know, God will get your attention. Last night when Diana went into Target, God, she was going to, you know, just do something else. And then, you know, spent more time or as much of the time that she was there as a whole by walking around, you know, and letting someone fill their buggy up that couldn't even speak English that, you know, and, 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 and get things that they needed. But that was because she was available and that's because she was a steward so god god will call you it's like the bat phone comes on it's like you boop you know what i mean it's like you never know when that's going to happen and then, you know I, and i and i want to i want i really want to point that out and and i just feel like this is going to speak to a lot of people and it'll help you and i'm gonna let diana you say something, anything she wants to say at the end but i do want to say this tomorrow you know we're gonna we're gonna dive into generosity as a path to blessing we're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about generosity some more. But it's it's the path to blessing, right? What's generosity, and then what's blessing? Those are defined, right? But generosity is a path to blessing, and we're going to discover that tomorrow. I think Dumasani put a really good scripture there. It's Colossians one six. All things were created through Him, for Him, mm. through Him. And for him, and yeah. I think we got to be able to give honor where honors due. Um, someone, else, Mike, asked a question: How many grandkids? I can only fit three grandkids in my vehicle. We got to so, get a bigger vehicle. Then. Well, I, we're gonna drop the drag hawk, and we're getting you a minivan. <laughs> I mean, no minivans, <laughs> no minivans. I mean, I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm gonna know. tell you when our when our kids There's were different. little, There's... we drew a line. David, we rented a rental a minivan yeah. one time to go somewhere. He goes, "Man, this is nice." I said, "I will never <laughs> drive a minivan. Get that in your head right now. I will." never Never drive a minivan. I don't care if she dies. I'm driving my BMW. <laughs> <laughs> but we were we drove it. It actually was nice. It had like these seats that turn yeah. and all kinds. Why don't you get one then? And um, I was like, I, how in the world will I ever pick up babes in a minivan? Oh geez. Well, we'll actually <laughs> we'll get Diana a bus like the churches have, so that she can haul all the grandchildren around. <laughs> so get the bring them on, license. kids. Bring on the grandkids. That's right. Mike. Thank you all for tuning in today. We hope you guys are enjoying this series. We'll be back tomorrow with, I think, Ash and Diana will be hosting tomorrow. So we will have Girl Power on Thursday. But let me make a really quick announcement. This year, IPD is partnering with A Kid's Place in our Under Under the Tree initiative. A Kid's Place is a foster program that provides residential services for children from birth to age 18 who have been removed from their homes due to abuse, neglect, or abandonment. This Christmas, we can make sure Santa visits each of them and provide them with great gifts. If you guys would like, you can join along with IPD and the rest of our crew here and give to them. the deadline to have all the gifts to IPD is Friday, December 17th, which is this coming Friday. If you guys would like more details on this, reach out to us on any social platform. 
or you can reach out to me directly on Facebook or email me mchairup at ipdagency.com and I'll make sure you get all the information that you guys need. If you want, we have a daily encouragement text that goes out every single morning that you can opt into for free. You can text the letters EZGC to 813-522-3356. To everybody that's with us live every single morning, we always appreciate you being here on both YouTube and Facebook. But if for any other reason you can't be here with us live, we always want to make sure that you can keep up with us. So there are two ways you can do that. Number one, you can go to YouTube and search Game Changer Podcast Live. Go to our page, hit the subscribe button, and then hit the bell because we upload the replays of these episodes every single day. You will get notified if you hit that bell. If you guys prefer, we have the audio version of this podcast that uploads every day as well. We are on every major audio podcasting platform out there. The biggest one that we push is Apple Podcasts, but whichever one you use, make sure you subscribe to us. If you guys are listening or watching listening to or watching this episode on replay, you can always join us live every morning at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Facebook and YouTube Live. Just search Game Changer Podcast Live and we will show right up. Make sure you check out the Feature Bible Plan of the Week, which is our newest Bible plan. It is what to do when you want to quit. It's a five-day reading plan on version in the Bible app, so make sure you find it, subscribe to it, read through it, and then let us know what you think. But thank you all for tuning in today. We hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. We will see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And on that note, we out. Thanks so much for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast and you want to connect further, check out the David Villas Game Changer group on Facebook. We'll see you next time on the next episode of Game Changer.